Good night, good night, good night, um, well and daughters of the King, women of God. Um, I just want to say good night and introduce myself. My name is Deborah, and I just want to thank God right now for just, you know, the opportunity um, to just come back before you ladies and give the word of encouragement. I also want to thank the Apostle Joanne for um, you know, being obedient and, you know, when when God instructed her to ask me to come forth and give the word of encouragement, you know, um, she did just that, you know. And so before I go any further, I just want to go into prayer, uh, like, quick. And so I just want to Thank you, Heavenly Father, for just this day right here, just this, this moment um, to just be in your presence right now, to know that you are here with us is just such an amazing comfort for me. And I thank you, Lord, for just choosing me. I thank you, Lord, for deeming me worthy enough to come forth um, and, and bring a word of encouragement to your daughters. And I repent right now, Lord, for anything that I may have said, thought, done, um, any attitude, any sin of omission or commission, God, um, that I did knowingly, uh, any transgression against you, Lord God, that didn't sit right with you that grieved your spirit, Lord God, that didn't bring you glory, it didn't bring you honor, it didn't praise you in any way, it didn't even represent you well. I want to ask you to forgive me for that right now and to continue, Lord God, to search my heart, continue to uproot, Lord God, anything that you find in me that is not of you and remove any blockages, any hindrances, anything that may be in the way of me going into the deeper places with you, deeper relationship with you, Lord. And I just thank you right now, Lord, for just what you're going to do in me, what you've already done. I mean, let me say that, what you've already done, but now what you're going to bring forth through me, Lord, I thank you. Um, I just want to thank you, Lord, because you're so good to me. You're so good. Even in the midst of everything, Lord, you just still remain true. You still remain good. And I thank you for that, Father. And I just ask you to decrease me all the way, Lord. I don't want to be heard. I don't need any of your glory, God. All glory belongs to you and to you alone. And so I say decrease me all the way that your Holy Spirit may come forth and do what it is that you have called them to do on this night, on this line. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. And so I'm going to go forth in the word of encouragement right now. And it's so it's so, so funny, and I, I mean that in a good way, that, you know, the last, like I, I knew several weeks ago, um, that I had to give the word of encouragement on tonight. So whenever I know, you know, the day that I'm going to get it, even if I know, like, way in advance, I'm always immediately going to God 
and asking him, you know, what it is that um, he, he, he wants to talk about on the day when I get the word of encouragement. And so, uh, it, it, you know, the last, last week, last week, the woman of God, Veronica, she gave an amazing um, word of encouragement, and it was, it, was, it was centered around the focus of our faith. And so then on Sunday, I gave a word of encouragement, um, and it was the fruit of the Spirit, faithfulness. Now, God had already told me what he wanted me to talk about like a couple of weeks ago. And then I was with some other women of God, I think it was on Tuesday, and the faith thing kept coming up. And I was like, okay, God, like, okay, like everybody talking about faith, is that really, really me you want me to go? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. That's where I want you to go because that's where you are. And I want you to go there because that's where you are right now, knee deep in me strengthening your faith. And I'm like, okay, I, I could do that. And so I went to the doctor um, like a couple of days ago just for like my my my, my three-month follow-up. And so... You know, as the nurse was taking my vitals, you know, she took my weight, you know, my heart rate, my temperature, and my blood pressure. And, of course, I'm looking at the blood pressure when she's taking it, and I already know that it's high. But she tells me, oh, your blood pressure is, like, really high. And I told her, yeah, I'm aware of that. You know, that's one of the reasons why I'm here. That's what I want to talk one of the things I want to talk to my doctor about. So she finished up doing her part, and then my doctor enters the room. And she says to me immediately, what's up with the blood pressure? What's going on? And I said, ah, Dr. Cooper, I know, I know. And she was like, she just started asking me. Let me, let me say this. She started asking me if I was doing the necessary things that needed to be done to keep my blood pressure number normal, like at a normal, a normal place. And so she started asking me stuff like, you know, are you taking the medication that's prescribed? Are you eating foods low in sodium? Are you exercising? Are you, like, avoiding stress? And as she was asking me, Things like I always go into my doctor office with a pen, a piece of paper, you know, because I just want to be writing down stuff that she's telling me. So as she's as she's done asking me about what I'm doing or not doing, she then begins to tell me how critical it is to my health, right? How critical it is to my health that my blood pressure right, be managed properly. Like it's some things that you must do, Deborah. 
she said like, she wasn't pulling like no punches with me. I love her. She like no nonsense. And she was like, you got to take that medication as prescribed. She told me, she looked, she said, you got to lose. By the time you come back in a four-week follow-up to see me, I want you to lose like 10 pounds. And I'm looking at her like, eh, okay. She said, you know, she want me to start eating right, you know, checking the, the sodium on the foods that I'm preparing and things of that nature. She want me to exercise. She want me to avoid all this excess stress. And I'm listening to her, right? And then she begins to start telling me, like, the repercussions, right, if I don't regulate these numbers. If I don't regulate these blood pressure numbers, she started telling me what could happen. So she started giving me what I like to say the consequences of me not doing a certain thing. So she started telling me about strokes and heart attacks and kidney problems, things that, things that are going to compromise my overall health. And so I'm just sitting there, like, looking at her like, okay, you know, like, and she's, like, serious. So what she does is she gives me, after she finished, you know, going over everything she needed to tell me, she gives me a set of instructions things that I must do, right? She even gave me a new medication. And she said, I want to see you in four weeks. One of the instructions that she gave me that I really never, ever do is she wanted me to start monitoring my own blood pressure at home. Like I had this blood pressure cuff, and she wanted me to start taking it you know, every morning and every night, like when I, when I, every evening when I get in from work, just to kind of write down the numbers and be prepared to give them to her in four weeks. So I was like, okay, let me start, like, following directions. Let me start doing what it is that I need to be doing to make sure that I'm healthy and I'm strong. And so the next morning, I was taking my blood pressure with the monitor, and as I was putting the cuff on my arm, I started thinking about how cool it would be if I had a monitor that could measure my face. And so as I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm putting on the, the cuff, and I, I hit the thing, and I was like, dang, I'm, as the, the blood pressure is, you know, it's registering. I was like, Dad, that would be, like, super dope if I could just, like, put a cuff on my, on my arm and just say, your face level is here, right? And I was like, Dad, that, that would be super dope. So I wanted to give that story because it's going to tie completely into my word of encouragement. So my title for tonight's word of encouragement is, what is the condition of your faith? That's the title. The subtitle is, is it healthy and strong, meaning your faith, or is it in critical condition? And so I want to give you a couple of scriptures um, 
I'm gonna give I'm gonna be giving like these main scriptures right here, but throughout me giving the word of encouragement, I'm probably gonna give a little bit more um scriptures to go with each thing that I'm talking about. So the first scripture is coming from Luke chapter twenty two, verse number thirty two, and it's coming from the AMP. And it says, But I have prayed especially for you, Peter, that your faith and confidence in me may not fail. And you, once you have turned back again to me, strengthen and support your brothers in the faith. The next scripture is going to come from from 1 Thessalonians. And it's chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. And this is the Apostle Paul talking um, to the church of Thessalonica. He's saying, that is why when I could bear it no longer, I sent Timothy to find out whether your faith was still strong. I was afraid that the tempter had gotten the best of you, and that our work had been useless. But now Timothy has just returned, bringing us good news about your faith and love. He reports that you always remember our visit with joy and that you want to see us as much as we want to see you. So we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, because you have remained strong in your faith. It gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. And finally, from Isaiah um, chapter Seven, verse number nine. I'm sorry, the first Thessalonian came from the NLT. And then uh, Isaiah chapter seven, verse nine is actually coming from the ESV. And it says, And the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is the son of Ramaliah. If you are not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. This is God talking to them. And so I wanted, you know, I, I, I looked up faith, you know, in the dictionary, Webster's Dictionary, and, you know, they give you what they want to believe that faith is. And so the Holy Spirit was like, nah, don't go by that. Just go by what's in the Word, like like, look in the Word in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1, and get the definition of faith. And I got to read you this, and this is coming from the, the AMP because this is so deep. Like, I could not take my eyes off the screen when I read it in the AMP. Like, first I read it in the NLT, and I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. But when I went to the AMP to read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, and get the definition of faith, this is what it says. It says, now faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, 
right, divinely guaranteed, divinely, that means it's coming from God, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends, meaning understands, as fact, what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Mm-hmm. That's what that says. I encourage you to read that. That thing is good. And so getting into the word of encouragement, it's a couple of things that I want to talk about tonight. The first thing that I want to I want to ask you the question of, and it's not even so much as asking you the question. It's just that this is part of my word of encouragement, and it just happens to start off with a question. And it says, what are some things that can cause our faith to be unhealthy? Right? Like, what are some things that might occur in our lives, might be going on inside of us, around us, right, that could cause our faith to, to, to be unhealthy, right? And, and it was a couple of things that as I was spending time with God that he was showing me that makes my faith unhealthy if I'm not careful, right, and I'm not on guard and I'm not on post as the um, – the charge of what tonight stated, us being on our post. And and one of the things that he showed me was disappointment. Whenever I'm caught up in disappointment and I'm not surrendering those things to God, like going to him and, 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 and literally being honest with him about how disappointed I might be about something that has happened, and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting with that disappointment. I'm internalizing that disappointment. That begins to work against my faith. The next thing he showed me was discouragement. Whenever I'm discouraged about something that I thought was going to go a certain kind of way, and it has not gone that way, or if I thought that God was going to show up in a certain time frame or that he was going to show up at a certain, like a certain type of way in my life, in any type of situation that's in front of me right now, and I start getting discouraged, right, I start getting discouraged because things are not moving as quickly as I I desire them to, or he's not showing up, right, I'm thinking that he's not hearing me, I'm thinking that he's not, he doesn't know what's going on with me, then I could begin to get discouraged. And discouragement is another thing that works against my faith. It starts wearing my faith down. Another thing God showed me is living in constant disobedience. Living in constant disobedience to whatever it is God is telling me to do, instructing me to do, and I'm not doing it, that can work against my faith as well. Not staying in prayer consistently all the time, being before God, seeking him out, right, spending quality time with him, that as well can, can, can start 
attacking or, 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 or coming against my faith, right? Not reading God's word every day, every day, sometimes two and three times a day, right? When I fall away from doing that, from staying in that word, not letting the truth get inside of me, that starts working against my faith. Lack of fellowship with believers. Like I, like I was one of those people who, who had the mentality like a, a long time ago and not even that long ago, right, where I don't need nobody. Like it could just be me and God and I'm good. I don't, I, don't, I don't need all the extra, right? And how God has taught me, and I'm so grateful that he has taught me that you can't do this by yourself. Like, he told me, I work through people, right? Yeah, I'm going to come to you, and, and I'm going to get with you one-on-one. That's gonna, that goes without saying. But I work through people, too. Right? So I need you to be okay with fellowshipping with people, with, with believers, right? If I'm not doing that on a regular basis, guess what? That starts uh, 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 causing my faith to, to, like, get shaky, get weak, right? Start becoming unhealthy, right? Another thing God showed me was not living the word, right? Not, not like we can't just say the word, right? We can't just just speak it out of our mouth, right? We also got to live it, meaning we got to walk it out. We can't just be about a bunch of talk, but we got to walk that thing all the way out. And when I'm not doing that, that is something that can cause my faith to become unhealthy. The final thing God gave me was compromising, right? That's a big thing, compromising, because although we are not, in, we are not from this world, right? We, our, our home is somewhere else. We're still in this world. And, and God said in his word to come from among right, come from among the people who are not doing what I do, right? You, like, I should not be letting them influence me, right? I should be the one doing the influencing. But what happens, right, is if I start allowing them to influence me, that is another thing that can cause my faith to become unhealthy. So those are the things that God has spoke to me about um, making sure that I'm being mindful of, right? And so I was saying, okay, okay, well, if these are the things that can cause my faith to become unhealthy, what happens to us, right? Not just me. What happens to us? When we allow these things right here, and probably some other things as well that you can think of, right? Right? But this is what he gave me. So what happens when we allow things to cause our faith to become unhealthy? And this is, this is the number one thing for me. I don't know about nobody else. 
when I allow my faith to become unhealthy, the first thing I start doing is doubting God. I start doubting what I know. I start completely doubting. Like it'd be like this, this back and forth, this back and forth, this back and forth, right? Then I start doubting God's word. Right? When I say doubting God, I'm talking about doubting who I know him to be, who I know him to be. I start, I start, I start going back and forth. Is he really hearing me? Mm, I've been praying for this for a long time. Why ain't nothing happening? Is he really hearing me? Is he really going to move? You know, I start doing all this questioning. Right? I start doubting God's word, what it really say in the word. Right? I start I start forgetting how good God is. I start forgetting how good he's been to me. I start forgetting all the promises that God got in his word that say because I'm his daughter, I have access to them. I start forgetting that. When my faith is unhealthy, right, I start leaning, leaning on my own understanding. No longer am I, am, I, am I going to the Word and say, okay, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me see what God got to say about this topic. Let me see what he got to say about it, right? No, now I'm thinking on my own now. Now I'm leaning on my own understanding, right? I'm going to work out my own deliverance, right? I'm going to work out my own problems, right? Whatever is going on with me, I'm going to work it out on my own because my faith is in an unhealthy state. It's in an unhealthy condition. That's why if you, if you, if you go back and you read Luke chapter 22, here you got Jesus, the Savior of the world. You got him telling Peter, I'm going to pray that your faith. Come on now. You got to know. You got to know. That faith got to be something critical for for us, right? Because you got Jesus saying, I'm going to pray that your faith don't fail. Because, see, Jesus already knew in this, in, in this story right here what Peter was getting ready to come up against. He already knew that Peter was getting ready to fall flat on his face. He already knew it. Jesus already knew it. Peter just didn't know it. So Jesus informed him that guess what? I'm going to, he could have said, oh, Satan has asked to sift you, but I told him no. He could have said that. He could have said, Satan asked to sift you, but I'm only going to let him do it just a little bit. Like Jesus could have said that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. That's not what he said. He said, I ain't going to pray for your faith. That's how critical faith is. That's what he said. I'm going to pray for your faith to not fail. Because, see, when we, when we fall 
flutter on our face, right, whether it be our own decision-making or, or if we're attacked, persecuted, suffering, whatever it is, our faith, if it's not strong, if it's not in a good place, we can actually, like, like really, like, go under. Like, I'm talking about, like, go all the way under and might not make it back. And, and, and might not make it back. Because those kind of things, when you, when you got, like, like for, let, me, let me use my example. Let me use my own personal life and what's going on with me. I get on this line and I talk often about my son being in federal prison and all the stuff that he got to deal with, right? Now, no, it's not my stuff, and him getting there was not my decision, but guess what? He's my son. So what's affecting my son is affecting me and how I got to be extra intentional. I'm talking about intentional like I've never been before with relying on God and making sure my faith, I'm doing the necessary thing to keep my faith in the right condition, to keep it in the right place. Because I'm telling you, if I don't do that, if I don't do that, I'm real clear Listen to me clearly, ladies. I'm real clear about what can go down. I'm real clear that the enemy is trying to get two for the price of one. I'm real clear about that. So just as clear as I am about that, i got to be clear about doing the stuff that keeps my faith in the right place. Just like Dr. Cooper said, you got to do A, B, C, and D, X, Y, and Z to make sure that your blood pressure numbers are good so that you can be good. And so those are some of the things that, can, that, can, that, that we can do when our faith is, is in an unhealthy state. It's in a place that it's on. It's on like like life support. It's on like critical, right? Because we haven't been doing the thing that's necessary for it to be in another place, in a better place, a better condition. And I ask the question, you know, like 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 you know, we don't have the time to wait for an attack to come or a situation to be upon us. That's what, I, that's what I'm realizing. You don't have time to, like, get prepared for the battle when the battle is in front of you. You don't have time for that, Deborah. You don't have time for that. You need to be prepared for the battle before the battle even comes because let the truth be told, ladies, we already know it's coming. We already know, right? Right, right. Jesus said we will have troubles in this world. He already, he already alerted us. The woman of God said, Jesus ain't me and coming up, uh, entering us in prayer. She said, um, Jesus ain't me, no stone unturned or, or something like that, she said. No, he didn't. He made, a, he made it real clear that we will come up against not some things, but a lot of things. But take heart. Because I have overcome the world. That's what he said. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what he said. So, so I want to talk now about. I want to shift. And now we talk, because I'm, I'm like, a, I like to uh, do what the Bible do. Like the, the Bible do a lot of contrasting, right? It do a lot of contrasting. It'll show you one thing first, and then it'll show you something else, you know, to contrast what it just showed you. So now we just talked about the things that can make our faith, cause our faith to become unhealthy. We just talked about the things that can occur. When we have unhealthy faith, right, when it's in a, in a, in a not-so-good condition, now I want to talk about things that can keep our faith healthy, what it is that we should be doing, right? And, and, and when I was asking God, he gave me a couple of things, and, 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 and I found the scriptures to go with it. So the first thing that, that God was telling me is that you've got to be in prayer. You must be in fellowship with me. You must spend quality time with me. Like, you, you must spend that time so that we can get into intimate relationship with each other. See, this God don't want me or you, right, to treat him like some type of sugar daddy. Like, God don't want me or you to treat him like he's some type of Santa Claus. You know how, like, like when, when you take your kids to the mall and the Santa Claus be like, well, what you want for Christmas? And they run off this whole list of things they want Santa Claus to bring them, right? God don't want that. God wants intimate fellowship with us. He wants intimate relationship with us. Don't you know that God longs, L-O-N-G-S, he longs to spend time with me and you. He longs to spend time with us individually, not, cor- not just corporately, individually. He longs for that. And guess what? He wants us to long to spend time with him as well. Yeah, 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 he does. Right? Because check this out. When we spend time with God in prayer, in that secret place, in that quiet time, in his presence, guess what happens? We begin to know him more. Now, now I want you to hear this clear. We begin to know him more, not just know of him. See, there's a difference. There's a difference with knowing God and knowing of God. See, because the person who know God, they got a relationship with him. The person who know of him, they ain't got no relationship with him. They just know him. They just know him. Like, like it's some people that know me from working at Goodwill. They'll be like, oh, yeah, I know you from Goodwill. And I just look at them like, okay. No, you don't know me. You only know of me from that place. But you don't know me on no intimate level. You don't know me like that. And so when we spend time with God in intimate fellowship and relationship, it builds things with us. He begins to start to reveal things to us. Right? That he's, he, that he's not going to reveal to any old body who just knows of him. You know what we do? Uh-uh, uh-uh. No, no. 
He's he going to reveal to the people, his children, that know him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what happens is, as we are in prayer with God, we, our faith, our faith is becoming stronger as we get to know him. It's becoming stronger because we're getting to know who he is for real, for real, on a deep level. We're longing to be with him just as much as he's longing to be with us, right? And so what tends to happen, right, is that whatever situation is before us, Whatever situation, no matter how painful, no matter how, how, how discouraging, right, no matter what that situation is, right, when we are before God, we are focused on him and not the situation. Right? We are focused on him, and that's how he wanted. He wants us to be focused on him because let the truth be told, ladies, guess what? God real aware. He real acquainted about what's before you. He ain't, he ain't caught off guard. He ain't confused. He ain't sleeping. He ain't slumbering. He ain't, doing, he ain't slacking. God ain't doing none of that. He real clear. Real acquainted, real aware of what's going on with each and every one of us. And that, for me, I can't speak about nobody else, but that thing do something to my heart to know that he is aware of what is going on with me. He is aware of what I stand in need of. He's aware of all of that. And he said, because you know that I'm aware of this, then I need you to focus on me. Because when you focus on me, then your faith is being strengthened to wait if you have to wait on me. Because, see, sometimes, sometimes we, like, like for me, let me just speak for me. Sometimes I want God to move instantly. Come on, God, like, come on, you don't see this? Come on, Father, make a move, make a move. Show yourself strong and mighty. Make a move, make a move, make a move, right? And God don't do nothing. He's not making no move right now. He's not making no move. And when my faith is in the place that it needs to be, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to be able to wait. I'm going to be able to wait. I ain't going to kick and scream. I ain't going to everybody I see, oh, let me tell you what I'm going through. Oh, let me tell you what I'm going through. Oh, let me tell you what I'm dealing with. No, 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 no. I'm going to be able to wait, and when I see people, I'm going to say to them, let me tell you how good God is. Yep, let me tell you how he, what he did in my life, right? Even though I'm still waiting on him, let me tell you how good he is, right? Because God got a timetable. And it ain't mine. It ain't Deborah's timetable. It's his timetable, right? And sometimes, just like in the Word of God, we had talked about how the farmer, he'll plant the seed, right? He'll plant the seed and he'll just leave it. He don't even, he don't even, he don't even look back at it no more. And then all of a sudden, he'll see, he'll see the stuff growing up that he done planted, right? And that's, and that's sometimes how it is for us. We got to wait. We, we got to wait. Like, God's going to take care of us in the waiting. He got, he got us in the waiting. He do. He do. He got me in the waiting, no matter how it feels. And guess what? When we can wait on God, 
to move according to his timetable, according to his will, and according to his plan. The next time something else come about, ladies, guess what? We're going to be able to stand quickly. It ain't even going to take long because we're going to know that God got us. Mm-hmm, 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 yeah, mm-hmm, 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 yeah. The final, the, the second thing, not the final, the second thing that God gave me was the first was prayer. The second one was his word, being in his word constantly. And I talked about that a little bit, and I want to give you um, just a couple of scriptures. I'm not going to read them. I'm going to encourage you to go back and read them on your own. But Romans 10 and 17, James 1 and 22, and Luke 6 and 14, you, whatever translation you read from, I would definitely encourage you to go back and read those scriptures. Because when we're talking about reading the word of God, staying in the word of God, even when I'm driving to work, I got the word of God playing in my car. If I go outside and start walking around the building on my lunch break, I got the word of God playing on my phone in my ear. These are things that I got to do, right, so that the word of God can get into my heart. It can get into my heart, and it can start doing some things, right? It can start breaking up that stoniness in my heart, right? It can start manifesting, right? People can start seeing the fruit of God being, being, being displayed through me. Right, so I gotta keep the word, and, and not to mention, right, is I want the word to influence my soul. See, I get to choose what I want to let influence my soul today, and I need to let the word of God influence my soul, so that I can be doing what it is God want me to do, and not what the world, the enemy, or even myself want to do, right? I'm going to go back because I didn't give y'all the scriptures for prayer. The the scriptures for um, prayer was Jeremiah 29 and 13, sorry about that, and James 4 and 8. If you want to go back and read that, you can as well. The final thing that God gave me was fellowship with other believers. That's a must. And I don't mean fellowship. I don't mean fellowship like I'm about to go hang out with you, like we getting ready to go eat and chop it up. Like that's not what I'm talking about. Not not that kind of fellowship, right? That's fellowship too, right? But I'm talking about fellowship on an, on steroids. Right? I'm talking about fellowship on another level, right? That's cool. I'm not saying nothing wrong with that. Trust me, because I do those things. Not saying that, but the fellowship that I'm talking about is, is what we're doing right now. This right here, this prayer line, that's the fellowship I'm talking about, right? I'm talking about going to a place where I can be with other believers that's going to build, we're going to build each other up, right? We're going to encourage one another, right? We're going to support each other through our trials, through our suffering, through our pain. And guess what, ladies? Even we're going to celebrate with one another. When one is blessed, when one is full of joy, we're going to jump on the bandwagon and get full of joy with them. I'm talking about that 
type of fellowship. I'm talking about a place where you can go, right, with expectancy, with an open mind and an open heart. And guess what? If you got on this line tonight, toe up from the flow up, when you get off, you shouldn't be feeling the same way. That's the kind of fellowship I'm talking about right there. I'm talking about being able to just be there for one another, right? Jesus said in his words, they'll know you are mine by the way y'all treat each other. That's what he said. That ain't what I said. That's what he said, right? I'm talking about one of the things that I always think about, I, I always laugh at God because he be tripping me out. He be doing stuff like this. He'll do stuff like this. If I'm, if I'm too focused on my situation and what, what I'm struggling with and, and, and how much pain I'm in and this and that, he ain't moving quick enough, he'll have me, he'll, he'll say this to me, go encourage that person. Go, go and give that person right there some support. He do it to me all the time. I be laughing, and I be wanting to say, you don't see where I'm at, what I'm going through, what I'm dealing with, how am I encourage somebody? He said, no, 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 no. I don't need you to encourage them from your reservoir. I need you to encourage them from mine. I need you to get your, 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 your mind off of you. I need you to get your mind off of yourself, off of your problems, off of your situation. Doesn't I tell you I already got all that stuff? That's how he, that's how he do me. I laugh all the time. I be like, God, you is too much for me. He'll have me go encourage somebody else, and I'll think that I got to do it on my own. And he say, no, 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 uh-uh, uh-uh. I want you to do it. But you got to remember, you just the vessel. That's it. If I called you to encourage somebody, I'm going to give you what to tell them. You ain't got to come up with nothing. You ain't got to make up nothing. You ain't got to pretend, fake, none of that. You just say what I tell you to say. And I love him when he does it because it works for me. It gets me right out of myself. It gets me out of self because it's so easy to get caught up in self. It gets me out of that, and I thank him and I praise him for that all the time. And the scriptures that go with the fellowship is First Thessalonians 5 and 11, Proverbs 27 and 17, and Romans 1 and 12. And so finally, and I'm going to end with this, it's just like we, we, we found out what can happen to us, with us, when our faith is unhealthy. Let's talk about a couple of the things that could happen, right, when our faith is healthy and strong, right? One of the things that we're able to do is stand through all adversity. It doesn't matter what is coming up against us. We able to stand through it. I thought about something just now. It just hit me from the book of Ephesians in chapter 6, where it says, 
Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after that battle, you will be standing firm. Mm -hmm. The second thing is we able to wait on God no matter how long it takes for his promise, for his word to come to pass in our life no matter how long it takes for him to move, right, we able to wait on him and wait patiently. The next thing we able to do is to be obedient even in the midst of waiting. We still able to be obedient to what it is God is asking or requiring of us to do. And finally, we able to be there for other people, even when, even when, ladies, we going through our own challenges, trials, tribulations, whatever, we able to be there for other people. And that is my word of encouragement tonight. I pray that you didn't hear Deborah but you heard God, God spoke to you in whatever way he needed to minister to your heart because he might need to minister to somebody else's heart differently. But I hope you got exactly what God needed you to get. Thank you and amen.